Hello and welcome to another episode of Exam World Meets Business World with me, Paul Merrison, Director of Professional Courses for London School of Business and Finance. Today we're going to be looking at the collapse of FTX in November 2022. In many ways, this story is the very reason I do this podcast. Because what you see in the newspapers regarding FTX and what you really need to understand from an exam perspective are two almost totally different things. What the newspapers love are the facts about this case that frankly aren't that interesting from an exam perspective. So what is it about FTX that means it's getting plenty of airtime? Well, it involves cryptocurrency, hot topic, sexy topic, lots of people interested in it. It involves American geeks, nerds, who seem very, very intelligent, but have very bad haircuts. It involves US sports stars that many of us will have heard of. It involves accusations of fraud and now court cases. And it all seemed to be going on in the Bahamas, a nice sunny place that we'd all like to move to. Well, I suppose one thing we should start with, which might be of interest for us as students, is why the Bahamas? Well, the Bahamas, if you are an international company, requires no accounts to be done, no audit to be done on your accounts, and you pay no tax. And those are three pretty good reasons to want to go there. It is the sort of place that gives international business a lot of privacy. So if you're very keen on running your company your way and not having annoying people interrupting you, it's about as good as it gets. But my favorite piece of Bahamas legislation for international companies, which just absolutely makes it a nailed on destination, is you can't just set up a tiny address there and claim you're there. They require you to live there and run your business. Oh, disaster. You're telling me I have to live in the Bahamas. How will I possibly survive? So you can sort of understand why some international companies might want to go there. And that light touch regulation I've just been going through is, I suspect, a major reason for what happened to FTX. One big area of problem with FTX is corporate governance, or to be more clear, a lack of corporate governance. Risk management, internal controls, even a basic accounting function were things that FTX did not seem too bothered about. Here was a company that at the point it started to collapse had last been valued at 32 billion US dollars, had no CFO, no finance director in charge of the finance. Now that's quite a scary thought in itself. In fact, it didn't even have an accounting function. Rumour has it the accounts were being done on QuickBooks, which is the sort of thing you'd expect your local news agent to use. 
So to call this a bit amateur and made up as they went along is the understatement of the year. No non-executive directors, no risk management function, no obvious attempt to have any internal controls at all, and basically the whole show being run by one individual, Sam Bankman-Fried, and a group of his close friends. All of that is a major red flag when it comes to the potential for things going wrong. Now, if the guy running it is, number one, an absolute genius, number two, has business common sense, or if he doesn't, can pick it up quickly, and number three, is not in it for himself and is totally honest, then I'm sure it will all be fine. But let's face it, how often do all of those variables come together at once? Uh, pretty much never, I would suggest. So having looked at the lack of corporate governance, let's now move on to audit. Now, FTX is not all about one operation, one company. And it's worth knowing just a little bit of the background, not too much, otherwise it will get very complicated very quickly. But FTX, an exchange where people can trade cryptocurrency. And FTX had both an international arm, that's the one based in the Bahamas, but knowing there was a big US audience for cryptocurrency as well, FTX had a separate US operation, which of course would be governed by US rules, the Bahamas one, as we've already seen, governed by virtually no rules. So you've got the two FTX operations, you've got plenty of other companies as part of this group going on as well, by the way, but the two FTXs are worth remembering. And then there's a third important one called Alameda. Now, Alameda is a trading company. And to keep life simple, let's just pretend they're gamblers. They are going to take money and gamble it like crazy to try and make as much profit as possible. So those are the companies that we are looking at. Let's now look at audit. Now, because there's both a US operation and a non-US side to things, FTX, despite not necessarily legally being required to have audits, maybe for its own reputation, decided it would be a good idea to get some auditing done. Now that, on the face of it, looks quite positive. It's as if they're screaming to us, look, we don't have to do this, but because we're totally above board and we want everyone to realise that, we're going to get audited. Well, as an auditing specialist myself, I applaud them. Well done them. A voluntary audit. However, and you knew there was a however coming, um, one or two little problems with this. Now, the two audit firms did not seem to find any problems in whatever they looked at. What they did look at, I'm not too sure, but whatever they did, they said all was fine. But I think it's worth knowing a couple of things about the two audit firms concerned. One of the audit firms has had its work investigated 
by the American Oversight Board, and every single one of its audits that it had reviewed by that Oversight Board was found to be deficient. Hmm. Could it be that FTX has targeted an audit firm that they're not expecting to do a particularly thorough job just to make sure they don't find anything? Hmm, possible. And then there's another issue with that audit firm as well. Because that audit firm posted photos, I think they were on Twitter if my memory's right, of audit staff at a New York Yankees baseball game along with FTX management. So they went out partying together. Corporate hospitality. Ooh, does this all sound like a familiarity threat to you? Maybe a self-interest threat? Let's keep FTX happy. Don't say their accounts are wrong and we'll be invited to more baseball games. The pictures that they posted have since been removed, by the way. Strange that. What a shocker. And then there's the second audit firm involved in this. And what they did is quite interesting because Sam Bankman-Fried, the guy running FTX, was very keen on lobbying US government for more regulation of cryptocurrency. And I'll come back to that point in a minute. But when he lobbied US government and said, look, trust me, I know this stuff, you need better regulation. The audit firm put out a message, again, I think on Twitter, congratulating him and saying, well done, this guy stands for the whole cryptocurrency industry, we should all support him. Now, does that sound a little bit strange to you? The auditors are cheering on their client. And that's because the auditors are themselves specialist auditors in the cryptocurrency world. Those are the clients they're targeting. And they want the cryptocurrency world to survive because that is their specialist area. Which sounds a bit like self-interest threat to me, but is also advocacy. By saying, we love this guy, he's doing the best for the industry, that we're in as well, they're fairly clearly stating that they are on FTX's side. They want FTX to survive and thrive. So we've got some nice independence threats from that audit firm, as well as the first one. Now, I said just now that the guy running FTX was lobbying US politicians for more regulation. Now, let's stop and think about that for a second. If this guy's a crook, if he's up to no good, he wouldn't want more regulation, would he? Surely he'd want less regulation, because the less rules there are, the less chance he's going to be found guilty of something. But no, he wants more regulation. So this means one of two things, surely. Either he's lying and he wants to be seen to want more regulation, because then the reputation of him and his company would surely improve, or it's something else. And I suspect it's something else. 
when you are able to start a business like FTX and become so huge so quickly, and it's only a couple of years that he's created this $32 billion business, you quickly realize that if you can do it, what's to stop others doing it too? So what do you do? You jump into this fairly new area, you succeed at it amazingly well, and then what you want to do is shut the doors and stop anyone else coming in. I suspect the reason he wanted more regulation was to create a barrier to entry, to make it harder for new entrants to come in because of the huge compliance costs. But of course, if you're FTX and worth 32 billion, you can afford all the lawyers in the world to make sure you comply with things and therefore no problem for you. So I suspect that is the reason he wanted the regulation, not because he wants the best for the crypto industry, but because he wants to shut that door firmly closed and make it very difficult for new entrants to join, thus reducing FTX's business risk. Now, FTX was set up by a fairly small group of people. But as they grew and grew, they sought to get outside investment in to help them grow even faster. And a lot of people, and seasoned investors, by the way, people who should have known better, threw their money into FTX. Should we not question the behavior of those outside investors? Yes, we probably should. Now, you could argue it's their money. If they want to go and risk it, that's up to them. But a lot of these investors are not investing their own money. They're investing other people's money. They might be a sovereign wealth fund investing the money of a country or a pension fund, for example. And we would expect that investors who are investing other people's money would have some controls over how they invest to try to make sure they're investing it wisely. And a lot of those people are now going to have lost a lot of money, a lot of other people's money, potentially. They clearly didn't do any due diligence, because if they discovered the complete lack of governance at FTX, I'm sure they would have got cold feet. Could it be they saw cryptocurrency, the big new thing, fear of missing out, got to get in quick, don't worry about all the checks. And this is very typical characteristics of what we call in the business world, a bubble. It looks all shiny and attractive. And that's what bubbles are like, aren't they? Think of it. How do kids behave when bubbles are being blown? How do adults behave? We all get overexcited. Oh, look at the pretty bubble. Oh, isn't it lovely? And then it's gone. And that is potentially what's happened with FTX and maybe what is now going to happen with a lot of the crypto world as people realize it's new. It's not understood as well as it could be. It's dangerous. It's risky. And it's all going to fall apart. Maybe not all of it, but I suspect quite a few of the players will disappear, downsize until we get a bit of common sense going forward.
Now, one particular criticism of FTX and Alameda, if we now look at those two organizations, is that when investors put money into FTX, so they put money into the exchange to allow them to be able to buy and sell, FTX were passing a lot of that money to Alameda, a separate company, which would then gamble with it. That is not how these things are meant to work. You should not be gambling with other people's money unless they have authorized you to gamble with it. But because one person controlled both companies, he was able to do this. And we are talking billions. And that has all helped the whole thing to fall apart at the end of 2022. As there became a lack of money, a lack of liquidity, and it started to become clear that the two companies were far too closely connected. And if one had trouble, the other would have trouble. And the whole thing very, very quickly fell apart. Billions of dollars missing. Uh, the US tax man apparently is now asking for $44 billion of unpaid taxes. And I think it's pretty clear that a lot of people are likely to have lost pretty much everything. Rapid growth is always going to be something we should be concerned about. If you're doing an exam question and you're looking at a business scenario and it's growing very quickly, that sounds positive, but it can have big negative connotations. Growth requires cash. Now, if you can get hold of that cash, if you have sources for that cash, maybe it's no problem. But a bigger concern is that as you get bigger and bigger, you need proper systems and processes that can act as a foundation for this ever-growing organization. And FTX simply never did that. Even when they were $32 billion strong, they were pretty much still running themselves the same way they were on day one. Imagine you've got building bricks and you build a little house out of, say, 20 bricks. If you now try and build on top of those 20 bricks and keep going higher and higher, the whole thing's going to collapse, isn't it? The only way to go higher and higher is first to spread the base of this building out to make it a firmer base and then build upwards. And that is simply not what FTX did. Reputation is another useful thing to learn from this. What actually caused the FTX collapse to happen? Well, basically, one website in the crypto world put out a message saying they thought FTX was struggling and short of cash. And immediately, investors all try and get their cash out at once, fearing the worst. And of course, because they all do try and get their cash out at once, the worst happens. It's a bit like with a bank. If everyone tried to withdraw their money at once, the bank would collapse because it simply doesn't have the cash to do it. Very big business risk, especially in an area like this, where it's all about investing money, taking money back out again, trying to make profits. 
and also such a new industry where everybody knows the returns can be great, but so are the risks. All it needs is the slightest smell of something bad, and the whole thing can collapse very quickly. It's interesting that other crypto companies and exchanges are now struggling. There have been others who have applied for bankruptcy since FTX's collapse. We've also had three regular banks, all in the tech area, California, who've all collapsed. And it seems that a lot of that has happened as a direct result of the reputation fallout from FTX. So far, we've seen a lot of interesting things with this story. Corporate governance, audit, business risk, internal controls. There's also an accounting angle here. The accounting world is still in the early days when it comes to cryptocurrency, which means even if companies are producing proper sets of financial statements, there's still a fair amount of doubt as to how a lot of this crypto stuff should be valued. It's just all too new. We're still learning. There's also here a legal angle. Now, I'm not a lawyer. I am the worst person to be talking about this potentially. But one very interesting thing I've noted recently with FTX just before they collapsed in the final few months, FTX paid other companies that it owed money to large amounts of money. Now, we don't currently know if the people running FTX realized just how precarious their situation was and that the end could be coming. We don't know that for sure. But let's assume for a moment that they were well aware they could be in trouble. You might question why they chose to pay anybody any money. Surely they'd hang on to it and try to survive. Or were they paying other companies who were their friends to try and make sure they were okay? Anyway, the reason I raise this is that the people handling the liquidation, the bankruptcy of FTX, are able to go after companies who were paid by FTX in the last couple of months before they collapsed and demand that money back again so that instead they can pay people in the correct legal order they should be paid when a company collapses. So you don't get to pay all your mates first. It's how the law says organisations should get paid. There is an order to this, a process. And that clawback is going on at the moment through the US courts. If it's successful, maybe some people who should get paid will get paid. Although, as I said earlier, if the US Internal Revenue Service, the tax man, says they think they're owed 44 billion, I'd imagine there won't be much left after that. And I think you'll find the US tax man is very much towards the top of the list of who gets paid first.
So FTX, three initials you're going to get to see a lot of in the news going forward. Sam Bankman-Fried, extradited from the Bahamas, going to be in court a lot in the near future, trying to profess his innocence, probably suggesting that he was just trying hard, not enough of a business expert. It was all accidental, etc., etc. It will be a fascinating case to watch. But make sure with stories like this, you don't just get overexcited by court appearances and the word fraud. Understand what's gone on behind it, because it's that which is likely to come up on your professional exams. And even if you're not sitting exams, it's the understanding of that which will help your business career going forward. So that's it for another episode of Exam World Meets Business World. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you found it interesting, enjoyable. Tell your friends. Hey, tell your enemies. Tell everybody. And until this, uh, next time, this is Paul Merrison saying for now, goodbye.